1: Happy Wednesday, Second Print Nation! And before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure that you guys know about a very special offer we have going on right now for new patrons of the Second Print Pod Comics Podcast over at Patreon.com/slash Second Print Pod. New patrons who join at the annual level at an annual subscription at any level, I should say, we have extended this offer that you will get two free months if you join before the end of February and. If we get two annual subscribers by the end of this month, Remzo will do a very special bonus show detailing his bachelor party in Las Vegas, especially for SBC patrons. So we want to hear this show. I want to hear this show. We want to get patrons. Also, any new patrons will get free graphic novels sent to them also at any level if you join at the annual level. There is just no better time to become an SBC patron. So head over to patreon.com slash Pod, where we give you all sorts of bonus audio goodness, Boba Fett recaps, Peacemaker recaps, What Mark Missed, Remzo Rants. We've got so much content over there. Just check it out at patreon.com slash Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now
2: entering the second Print comics podcast,
0: starring Mark there and Rimzo Martinez.
1: Welcome back, SPC Nation, and uh, you know here at SPC it is all about the fans. We are here to please. We are here to serve. And this week in particular, we are serving one of our most special fans. You're all special, of course, but today we're featuring an episode that is going to be produced by our very first Kirby Club patron. He's been, I think, he's been almost a year now that he has been our patron. He's going to send us down a special journey. But of course, couldn't go down with that journey without my partner here, my partner in comic book crime. The Rambling Man himself, Ramza Martinez.
2: Mark, I I think we've spoken about today's comic probably more than anything else, yet we've never actually dove into it. Now, of course, as you all can see by the title, we're talking about the Hulk, but this isn't just a regular Hulk series. This is the Hulk series that made people over the last, you know, three, four years look look at Marvel Comics and think, wow, they're actually putting out some good titles. Yes, we're talking about the Immortal right. Hulk.
1: Indeed, indeed. And uh before you or I get more in depth on this book, I'm gonna toss to something I'm gonna I'm gonna take you behind the curtain, behind the scenes. I'm not gonna pretend this is live. Earlier today I talked to our friend Eric about why he chose this book for us, so let's toss to that right now. Shaboom. And here with me now is our very first ever still. He will always be our very first ever, I guess. uh, But he remains our very first and one of our current Kirby Club level patrons. Our Kirby Club producer this month. He is my good friend, Eric. Eric, what's happening, brother?
0: Hey, Mark. It's uh, great to be back again. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me on.
1: Of course, always, always. You are. You will forever be etched in the annals of Second Print history uh, for being our very first Kirby Club-level patron, which means that every few months or so, you get to produce an episode of this program. So why don't we just start right there, Eric? What do you got for us this month?
0: Uh, this month, I'd like to take a look at something a little bit newer, uh, The Immortal Hulk. It is the uh, first comic that I got back into uh, when I started reading again, which is around the time the show started. Um, Hopefully, not coincidentally. I uh, know, not at all. Not at all. You, you had mentioned it, um, you know, in one of the early uh, episodes, mm-hmm. and I picked it up. And I was like, if Mark's uh, raving about this, uh, you know, it can't be too bad.
1: Yeah, and um, well, we'll talk a little bit more about Immortal Hulk in a second. First, I want to get a little bit uh, of your background with just the character of the Hulk. Uh, I started reading comics. uh, We don't need to age ourselves too much, but it was quite a long time ago, around the same time as yourself. And uh, for me, like Hulk was one of the characters I got into pretty early on and followed for a while. Uh, What about yourself? Were you reading Hulk around that time? That was around the Peter David area when we both got into into comics.
0: So believe it or not, um, this is the first real Hulk book that I picked up. Really? I was. Yeah, I was I was never uh, big into the big into the Hulk. I was always a Marvel um, kind of fan. You know, it was more on the X-Men side, Spider-Man, you know, comics like that. But things like the Hulk Avengers, for some reason, just didn't hold my interest.
1: Yeah, so was, for you it was probably like, um, probably like kind of like how Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, characters like that are for me. I was always aware of them. They would appear yeah. in a lot of the books that I read, but I never did real deep dives on those characters in their own books. So that's interesting. So this was the one that. So this is really the first book that got you got you to go deep. And and what a way to get, what a way to start because I, I don't want to spoil too much. But we're going to talk about the actual yeah. story, uh, Remzo and I, in just a minute. But you know, this was a, a real story that it, it's almost like a, a retcon in a way. But you really do learn more about the origin of bruce banner and and the hulk and some things that we'll get into when we get into the story but just uh without spoiling too much what are some of the things that really piqued your interest about about the immortal hulk once you started getting into it
0: uh just at a high level um so i've i've, I've finished reading the entire run um, nice. I, nice. I actually bought the last uh issue because i couldn't wait for it to show up on on marvel unlimited yeah So I think one of my favorite parts about it was just kind of seeing the dynamic of the different personalities between Mm -hmm. um, Hulk. I wasn't aware a lot of that stuff went on in the comic um, just because it's the first one that I've ever picked up
1: cool yeah i mean for, for me too that was something that always fascinated me about the hulk that he had these various facets to his personality and they would come out in different ways but i i think even more so than peter david who 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 really did explore the some of the various personality conflicts within the hulk i think that um Al ewing here has gone into the personality and like where all these different personality conflicts of bruce banner come from by going so much into and this doesn't happen so much in the run we'll be talking about today but as they get deeper into the run so much about bruce banner's past i mean everything ties into Something and it just it, it's one of those red cons where yes they are they are sort of changing the history a little bit but in a way that it just feels like they're adding to it and adding richness to it as opposed to you know completely changing someone's origin so it's totally different than before for no real reason
0: right and I and I, I never felt like anything was forced throughout the, the story it just felt the whole run just felt very smooth very natural going from one one book to the next um, and it was just it, it made me regret a little bit not having read the Hulk. Uh, you know, back during during the heyday, um, I, I feel like I missed out on quite a bit.
1: Yeah, well, luckily, thanks to uh, SPC, thanks to Marvel Unlimited, there are many ways to catch up nowadays. So I'm sure you'll be doing some more deep dives on the character. But I'm glad you finished that run, this run, because it's it's awesome, and uh, we'll be talking more about that right now with Remzo. So Eric, it's been fun. We'll talk to you soon, brother.
0: Yeah, thanks. Talk to you later.
1: All right, thanks to Eric, we are now about to dive in the immortal hulk Remzo. before we dive in i want you to take us back all those years back to 2018 when you first came upon this book or did you first come, come upon this book when it first came out or did it take a little of that buzz to get through to you before you finally went back and checked it out
2: so the immortal hulk coming out of the pages of civil war ii um was not necessarily something that caught my attention of course i knew that they had quote killed bruce banner In that uh, series And I mean that series alone No one really remembers it With the same amount of love as the very first Civil War But I did like the idea of them You know transitioning the Hulk into the horror genre And they were also going to bring back A lot of elements from the Bill Bixby Era Hulk show That you and I really love That incredible Hulk series from late 70s, early 80s So I I knew that it had the potential there Um, I also hadn't read Really any Al Ewing at the time This was the first Al Ewing book I would read So I don't think it was until um, volume one came out in trade paperback that I went and looked at it at that point. I was like, Oh my gosh, they have struck gold here. This is by far, probably not only the most refreshing title from Marvel in dare I say a decade, but it's probably my favorite Hulk series that's been published outside of anything written by Peter David in the late eighties, early nineties.
1: Yeah, indeed. And, um, You know, you did set it up a little bit there. So why don't you just uh, maybe you can give people a recap of how we got to the Immortal Hulk in the storyline and what happened exactly with Bruce Banner in that Civil War II that most people probably don't remember because they probably didn't read it, justifiably so.
2: Or if you were like me, you stopped reading it after the third issue. Basically, Civil War II occurred when an inhuman of the ability to see the future was essentially used by Captain Marvel and S.H.I.E.L.D. to go ahead and basically pull off the Minority Report um, plot from the Tom Cruise film, where basically they're going to go out and actually stop pre-crimes from occurring. And one of the things that they grew worried about was this potential future where the Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner, would actually go about and kill everybody. Now, we've seen many future iterations of the Hulk where he's turned evil. We have the Wastelander Hulk from Old Man Logan. And yours and I's personal favorite, the uh, Maestro Hulk created by Peter Mm -hmm. David. This was just another various uh, variant Potential future where the Hulk could kill everybody. So Carol Danvers, wanting to go ahead and stop all these pre-crimes from happening, assembles her team of heroes to go ahead and find Bruce Banner. But here's the thing. Uh, Bruce knew that one day... The heroes would come after him for one reason or another, and to avoid another World War Hulk scenario where everything could end, he had a contingency where he gave Hawkeye, who he considered w- not one of his closest friends, but the person that he could probably trust the most. He can trust the most to do yeah, the job, to, to do what needed to be done. He basically gave Hawkeye a um, a, a special-tipped gamma radiated arrow that could not only kill banner but kill the hulk because as we've learned in the past bruce banner had tried to kill himself in the past but each time he did that he would just come back as the hulk and he could never die so this was basically his way to kill banner and the hulk so what ends up happening is the heroes go and find banner's secret lab they call him out he's afraid he's about to hulk out because people are freaking them out and um hawkeye knows that this is that moment that could potentially lead to that dangerous future that that one inhuman foretold so he goes ahead and shoots bruce banner between the eyes and that shocks the world because an avenger just killed another avenger so with that said for the most part bruce banner was dead for a month and then was it that soon as this book came <laughs> It out? was basically I mean they already they were already putting out the previews during Civil War. I mean Marvel has been terrible about spoiling their own story. So we're all reading this and we're like, "Well, he's dead, but we can pick him up in a couple of months." And uh that that's basically what happened because Civil War happens, it ends, uh Captain Marvel puts Iron Man in a coma, which leads to some other dumb shit. My phone just fell. And um that That's what leads us to this. So basically, something beautiful spawned from something ugly. And that's the series. That yeah, can often happen. Yeah. Yes.
1: So that being said, before we even get into the issue, I just want to start with the cover of, of issue number one. Uh, by, I believe the cover is by Joe. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if the cover is by Joe Bennett it? because it looks a little bit different than the internal art. But either way, I think it's awesome. What do you think about this cover?
2: I love it. It reminds me of those classic universal monster movie posters. It, it gives the vibes of like, you know, a, a creature from the Blue Lagoon or a Frankenstein. Yeah. They're really letting you know, we're not just telling you this is going to be a horror story. This is a straight up horror story.
1: Yeah, very much. So I also like the lettering on, on of Immortal Hulk on the cover where like the letters are, are kind of like falling apart and falling around as as uh, the Hulk emerges from the grave that says here lies Bruce Banner it is cool it is cool and and you know when this book gets talked about it often is talked about in the context of oh Al Ewing has done amazing things with the Hulk and this and that as it should be because he has but um we should not gloss over the art of Joe Bennett because throughout this book because I I think I'm just going to say it now the art throughout this is really really awesome so (laughs) spoiler alert on my art score I love it uh but moving along before we get even get again before we get into the story, we start with a quote from Carl Gustav Jung. It says Man is, on the whole, less good than he imagines himself or wants to be. A very prescient quote for this series and for this character. Remso, before we go further, I didn't prepare you for this one at all. What can you tell us about
2: Carl Jung? <laughs> uh he's German. So okay, probably would have been like, man is unholy, less good than he, he imagines himself or wants to be, yeah?
1: You got to read yourself some Carl Young, my man. I'm just going to leave it at that. But moving along. That's a story for another day. now we're going to go into a story by Al Ewing, not by Carl Young. And uh, we start off, we see this kid in a car, holding a pistol, driving towards a Roxon gas station. Now, Roxon is a an evil company, <laughs> as often exists in... Uh, well, both in comics and in real life, <laughs> um, they're they're usually associated with the character of Thor. Um, but so it's kind of an Easter egg, but it is an Easter egg that will come back many issues from now. So it, there is a Roxxon tie in eventually in this series, but we're not going to get to it today. Uh, but moving along, and, and there are some captions above this guy it says there are two people in every mirror. Uh, And as we go through like various, you know, various shots of the gas station, we see there's the one the one you can see, and there's the other one as we look through like a a glass door here. Uh so they're they're kind of laying on down a lot of themes that this series is going to explore very early. It says, There's the other one, the one you don't want to, as we see this guy in a hat in a gas station, this this lady's looking at and says, Hey, what what are you looking at? He says, Excuse me. He says, What a creep. What's his deal? And then someone else this kid that we just saw in the car comes into the gas station points a gun at uh the uh, cashier that's how connected with the common man i am it took me a second to remember what you call the guy that takes your money in the gas station the cashier (laughs) and um yeah so this guy is holding up the gas station and he freaks out and shoots the cashier i think he also yes yeah he shoots this little girl He doesn't shoot the cashier. He just shoots this girl, this like this teenage girl or something. And uh, he like freaks out and he's like, oh, my God. And then then we see the guy that was wearing the hat. He turns and his eyes turn green because who is this guy? He's Bruce Banner, of course. And he turns around like he's going to go after this guy before he can do anything. Bam. He gets shot right in the skull, right between the eyes. Much like happened to Bruce Banner very recently, I guess, uh, courtesy of Hawkeye. And, you know, the guy, the cashier behind the cashier is just kind of freaking out. He's like, no, no, man, d- don't shoot me, please. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I, I didn't call. And, and then this guy gets shot too. So, and we see the blood and everything. So, right off the bat, we are definitely getting the sense that this is. A different kind of marvel book this is this is the kind of like you don't really see blood all that much in marvel comics but they're already really laying the groundwork that this is going to be a different kind of series this is going to have a different kind of feel and this guy runs out of the gas station as he leaves these three dead people one of which is our quote-unquote hero i don't know it's a little little bit fuzzier in this title bruce banner um, we then go and see later on. It's the scene scene of the crime, and uh, there's this reporter there who is you know kind of asking some questions about everything. This port reporter is named Jackie McGee, and um, she will be she will matter later. She will matter throughout the, this entire series actually. And she's talking to the cop hat here, and he's saying she's saying you know um, they're basically like talking about how uh, they they still use like paper records there in West Virginia. Uh, I know you're not supposed to confuse Virginia with West Virginia, but no, no, it's no. all the same place
2: no I know, no, I know no. Speak this, no how dare you look, say that like i'm mexican
1: to me that stuff's <laughs> that stuff's all the same <laughs> and she, she's just she's just they do take a little dig here uh, al ewing does she says paper records and she says yes yeah, csi csi by way of the gun lobby uh we're not going to dig into that stuff um but
2: there's too much politics in the show
1: too much politics
2: then we then go to a
1: morgue uh where we see inside the morgue we see these three bodies presumably the, the same bodies um that um that we just saw killed in the gas station and then one of them the arm turns green and then turns into a giant green hand doesn't take a genius to figure out that the hulk that this is the hulk and the hulk ain't dead once again So the the big thing we learn in this series about the Hulk, um, you know, they'll get to the storyline wise, is that this is what Bruce Banner wanted to find out by having Hawkeye kill him. It's not necessarily that he wanted to be dead, per se. He wanted to find out if he could kill the Hulk. And what we find out and and where the title of this series comes from is that... Turns out the Hulk cannot die. Bruce Banner can die momentarily, but then the Hulk will take over and revitalize that body. Um, and that—that—that that, that is where we get the title of our series and the theme of the series, that this motherfucker cannot die. And boy, are they going to be trying a lot in the next 50 issues to get this die, guy to die. Uh, we then go see that this kid is... Basically, he's hanging out with some, some bad folks. He's banging hanging out with this scary looking biker gang and he's like he's like, Look, I didn't even want to do it. I just heard something fall and I turned and it just went off. He's trying to, you know, explain himself to these bikers and they're like, Yeah, yeah, whatever, kid, too bad. How much did you get? He's like, what? He's like, The money, how much money did you get? He's like, I dunno, don't, I don't no, I haven't counted. Like a couple hundred bucks? Like I, I just killed some people, aren't you? Don't you and they don't care. They're like, Cool, you can start paying me back. And the kid's like, what? He's like, $200. That's about the interest on what you owe me. You're not a bad guy, Tommy. So I've let you slide a little, you know, just because I like you. I like your whole family. So he's clearly this kid has gotten in trouble with these guys, borrowed some money or something. And now, you know, once you're in the game, you're in the game. There's there's no way out. And now he's threatening his family. If you've ever seen, you know, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, The Wire, Sopranos. <laughs> you know how this stuff works. Once you're in, you're in. There ain't no way out of the game, except usually for usually by bullet to the head. Um, so this guy's, this kid's kind of freaking out now. Now he's kind of realizing what's going on. He's like, well, look, what about my rent? Like, I pay my rent. I, I got to re- make money for rent. And they're like, well, you thought about robbing a gas station? <laughs> uh, and basically they just, they yell at this kid. They're like, don't be weak, Tommy, because somebody stronger than you is always going to come along. And as that's kid some is, foreshadowing. Is yeah yeah very very subtle foreshadowing uh as he's running away the lights go out and they're like was that a bomb check the generator what move it they're all freaking out and then these hands burst through a wall and grab one of these dudes as they are all shooting at something again not very subtle we see the green hands it's pretty clear who is here attacking these guys uh, and this kid is like oh god oh god oh god um, he can't get in the car he's looking in the car mirror classic can't he drops the keys they're under the car again very using a lot of horror movie tropes you know the, the the running to the car the trying to get in the dropping the keys this is stuff we see in all our, our classic horror movies so they're, they're making it very clear this is a this is a horror book and we're getting a lot of those vibes right away then suddenly all those other guys are gone and this kid is just like uh hello is anyone still there anyone and he turns around and sees man one of the coolest scariest looking versions of the hulk that i've ever seen we get a full i believe this is probably a two-pager that we're just seeing in one page since we're on the digital and he says sandra ann brockhurst that was her name She was 12. Okay, I guess that girl was 12. She looks a little older in the art to me. She was 12. Before we go further, what do you think of just the way the Hulk looks here?
2: Uh, Veiny is one thing, but like, you know, you've got, you've got like the very old school gray Hulk, which I'm a fan of where they, that was kind of like the, the genesis of what I think inspires a lot of the story. It's the fact that the Hulk is a monster. He doesn't look like a person. And over the years, they have tried to make him look more human in many ways. And um, for them to go back and change the way that his facial structure look, to change the way that he stands, he he's more hunched over. He looks more like he's lurking, like a Frankenstein, mm-hmm. like yeah. a you know, like a Nosferatu type. They they've basically removed the fact that yeah, this is quote a man, but this is not. Uh, A human-type person. This is a monster. He has monstrous features. And for them to really say that, listen, this is the way that he's going to look going forward for the foreseeable future, get used to it.
1: Excellent analysis. And I really like the touch of the full moon in the background here, just emphasizing that horror monster look and yeah his his face it really it kind of looks like a frankenstein monster just the, the way his face is, is structured which i'm sure is, is somewhat intentional it's interesting though because he has the general look that we see of the savage hulk you know but he's talking much more intelligently he's like saying sandra and brockhurst that was her name she was 12 years old this is not the way savage hulk would talk so any fans of the Hulk will see this is a different kind of Hulk. He's not it's not Professor Hulk, the super intelligent uh like body of the Hulk mind of Banner Hulk. This and and clearly we see by the structure here and by the way he acts. This is just this is a new Hulk. This is not the same Hulk that we had before. And this guy says, "No, no, I didn't want." And and, and the Hulk says, How's it feel in your hand? He says, what? Heavy, right? All that stopping power. Heavier than it is at the at the range, even. You go to the range much, Tommy? Shoot the paper targets? Again, this is not how Savage Hulk would ever talk. It was heavier in the gas station, I'll bet, with the other targets. No, no, no. No, all that power right in your hand. There wasn't a little part of you wondering. Wondering what you could do if you let the power loose, and Tommy just looks scared out of his mind, rightfully so. And he just says, "Well, I guess I got to shoot this guy." Bad move. He shoots. He shoots a bunch of times, probably more times than there should be bullets in that in that gun. But like we often see in movies, shoots a bunch of times at the Hulk. You see the bullets just bouncing off, causing maybe some little dents in the Hulk. And then we slowly get a, we through a couple panels. We get a close up of the Hulk as he says, "You know, on someone who deserved it. I mean, not <laughs> know how I found you, Tommy." Because ever since you pulled that trigger, you've been lying to yourself. And I can smell a lie. Man, just
2: look at his eyes in this. That's what just captures me right there.
1: eyes light up green (laughs) as he gives this smile, this like evil smile. So it's it's like, you know, this is a Hulk that is going after this kid who killed people. So, you know, maybe he's kind of good. But he also kind of looks like he's ready to enjoy what he's about to do. And Tommy is just begging with him, pleading with him. He's saying, please, please, I have a family. I have a little girl. Hulk says, you don't say it he says no no i know i know I, I didn't want this i made a mistake didn't you ever make a mistake please I, I swear i'm not i'm not a bad guy i'm not a bad guy and hulk goes huh what do you think as he reach, and we just see him reaching towards tommy uh l- later we go and we see the police kind of cleaning up uh this hole in the wall of this place um and we see this guy tommy who is way fucked up oh but also we see that they're they're noticing this john Do- john doe is missing so they bruce banner is supposed to be dead so and he has no ident- identification he's not carrying bruce banner id so they called him a john doe when they first brought him into the morgue and uh, and they see that he is missing in the morgue and there's a giant hole through the wall so mm-hmm. then we go and see tommy who was not killed by the hulk but boy he he is fucked up is that uh, he is that been- mercy <laughs> It does not seem <laughs> heroic. So again, he's our titular character. He is the quote unquote hero of the story. But this Hulk is clearly not Bruce Banner. Like Bruce Banner would never do this. But and even the Savage Hulk would never do anything kind of with this kind of precision. You know, the, the, a Savage Hulk would just be kind of flailing about, smashing thing. Hulk smash. No, this is a an intelligent yet... I, I, I can't call him a very friendly hulk uh so thomas is fucked up the police are saying you know it turns out he owed some money we found him in the hospital parking lot in a shallow crater like a meteor landed and brought him along and this reporter jackie mcgee is there talking to that same cop lady cop lady and she's like god um and she's saying like um yeah basically she's there to um investigate her real her real thing is she's looking into bruce banner and the hulk and we'll, we'll learn out why in a bit um, and she's saying look there was an autopsy a funeral Bruce Banner is dead Gloria and she's saying well yes he is and so was the John Doe in the gas station with that familiar face he was dead and then the sun went down so this is a kind of a classic um, a little classic Hulk trope that they're bringing back where when the sun goes down is is what can bring out the Hulk I think that's what they I think in the very first version of the Hulk this was how he was too and then they kind of went away from it into the, the anger thing uh, which still also brings out the Hulk uh, but then there they're kind of bringing this back they did this a lot with the joe fix it i think hulk because the, the gray hulk where the 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 nighttime is what brought it out so joe fix it would be bruce banner during the day or i'm not sure maybe but Br- joe Fixit it might have been locked in that stage for a while i, I kind of forget and then different writers have done different things with this of course but they have brought back this idea that it is the nighttime it is uh the lack of sun that can allow at least this version of the hulk to take
2: over Kind of like the werewolf
1: yeah and and the cop is saying, "Look, Bruce Banner was dead. Bruce Banner can die, but then there's that other guy." And then Jackie McGee just gets this shocked look on her face and says, uh, "I gotta go. I gotta go talk to my e- editor." Uh, we then see Bruce Banner in a in a uh, sleazy motel cleaning up. When we get the same dialogue, not, not dialogue, but the same narration, there are two people in every mirror, and he's just saying to himself, "I'm not a bad person," which parallels what Tommy was saying to the Hulk when he to he is begging and pleading for his life. He says, "Am I?" And he looks in the mirror and sees that same devilish devilish for a reason because we will i don't even know if we get to it in this first five issues but this is what is known as the devil hulk highly intelligent um some would say evil somewhat cunning version of the hulk staring right back in the mirror at bruce banner and he says as he says what do you think and that wraps up our first issue of the immortal hulk remzo what were your first thoughts this. I, I,
2: I want to point out uh, three things on this first issue. One, we, we were wondering who did the cover art uh, earlier. It's a cover art by Alex Ross, who we really oh, love. But, well, but what's it. crazy that is like right, I, I so was beautiful. I was looking at it, it's like it's very different from other Alex Ross artwork. This actually looks like Alex Ross is homaging more of those classic Universal Monster movie posters. So, I mean, for him to be able to do that and us not being able to recognize it immediately, the, the man got range. The man's got the skill. We know that from Alex Ross. Secondly, we got to talk about Jackie McGee. This is why I was just so excited uh, for the route that they were going to go with the Immortal Hulk. Jackie McGee is based off the character of Jack McGee from the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk TV series.
1: Uh. Oh, I never really put that together. Jack
2: McGee was a reporter who was um, searching into the death of several scientists and the disappearance of Bruce Banner. And he's the one, well, David Banner in the TV show. And he's the one that started piecing together that the Hulk and Banner might not just be connected, but that the Hulk who was responsible for like this lab explosion and stuff like that was actually Bruce Banner. And basically, well, David Banner, because of stuff so basically um you know jack mcgee is he's not a bad guy in the show but he is a foil to uh bill bixby's hulk because he's the guy trying to expose him uh banner wants to be dead in fact they have a a fake funeral well because they can't find the body because he was a Hulk during that explosion. And Jack McGee is like, I know that Banner's alive. I know that he's potentially this Hulk. I have to find him. So for here, you know, they, they change the character around. Jackie McGee is a reporter, shares the name. And now she's going after a possibly dead, possibly not dead Hulk banner. So, um, just right there. I I love the fact that they're bringing this character in and and then, you know, with, with just the overall story, the art really carries this, but the story is told primarily through the dialogue. It's not a lot of expositional dialogue. It's a lot of character dialogue. Um, I freaking love it. As soon as I picked this up, I remember finishing the rest of this volume in like a day. If it doesn't have you hooked, I don't know what will, because it only gets better from here.
1: Yeah, indeed. This thing, this thing hooks you quick. So, uh, you want to take issue two?
2: Yep. Let's go ahead and jump into issue two. And in the cover, we basically see like this cave, and you know the, this radioactive zombie person is drowning Banner, and you get to see, uh, you know, the reflection of the Hulk in the water. So, so it's cool. just so cool. it, it, it's universal horror at its finest. And this starts with another quote: "All that a man hath." Will he give for his life? Job chapter 2, verse 4. Let's see how that goes ahead and plays into it. We're back into the motel, and what we see is that banner is, uh, is freaking out. And this is the first time we actually get to get into his inner monologue. And he's telling himself, I don't dream about the bomb anymore. I don't dream about the waiting, about a tiny room and a Geiger counter. And what we see is that he's in what looks to be a cell or something, and there's a Geiger counter right next to him. And he continues telling himself, the radiation I'd taken, nobody could survive. The walking ghost phase, they call it. Uh, When you feel like you're still healthy, you're not already dead. but." Death was coming, lumbering toward me slow, painful, and that damn Geiger kept hissing and cackling at me, laughing at me. It wouldn't shut up. It wouldn't let me. It wouldn't leave me alone. It wouldn't leave me. And what we see is that he wakes up from his nightmare. Um, I I love the comparison because when you look at the last page, it's obviously going back to his initial days on the run as the Incredible Hulk. He's much younger. Now what we see is a much older, much more grizzled uh, Bruce Banner on on what seems to be a bus leaving town. And maybe I'm reading into it too much, Mark, but he looks more like Bill Bixby. I don't think it's I don't think anything is coincidence in this
1: because they are they are really throwing this entire series in many ways back to the Bill Bixby uh, character, at least for the Bruce Banner portions. Uh, Not not as not quite as much for this version of the Hulk, Uh, but I got to think it's uh, not intentional. I mean, is intentional, I should say. Sorry.
2: Anyway, it continues. He uh, gets off the bus, and now we're actually really starting to get into the deeper part of the inner monologue. He says, My name is Bruce Banner, and my life is very simple. I don't own things. The clothes on my back... I could hear... I'm sorry. I could hear the... The lonely man music da na na I freaking love it. I mean you just you just see this in the way he walks and the way he's talking. I go oh, I sound like Bill Bixby. I don't own things. The clothes on my back. I'll keep as long as I can, but they don't last, they never do. Any money I earn I beg or steal is used up quickly if it's not abandoned with my clothes. Bus tickets, a bed and a shower, when I can afford them a hot meal now and again. Simple pleasures. Dude. This is Bill Bixby. The kid, definitely is, and I love it. But um, you see him enjoying his meal, and each time he looks into a reflection or something, he he just sees the Hulk, but he's trying it's to ignore it. Devil Hulk,
1: man! This uh, every time I see this Hulk, I'm like, I'm scared. Like it is. They really do it. Joe Bennett really does a great job of just making this face look. Oh, man, it's so hard to describe. You got to read this book. You got to look at the book. It's just very frightening. It's a horror movie.
2: Yeah, and and they're really diving more into like the. The psychology of it. This one line in the inner monologue says, what uh, what would my old therapist, Leonard Sampson, Doc Sampson, uh, say to this? I wonder. Bruce Banner, sensual being. The Jungian view, another Carl Jung uh, reference, uh, may be sensation as one of ego of the ego functions. If the conscious mind focuses on physical stimuli, taste and smell, and evidence of the senses, science that would make the subconscious repressed, and the mind the domain of the intuition, unscientific thought, mysticism, and magical thinking, gut feelings and hunches. I haven't spoken to Leonard in a while. Does he even know I'm alive? Does Betty? I should call. I will. I'll pick up the phone as soon as I'm ready. So basically, we see how he basically handles all of this. We see that he's come to terms of how to understand the Hulk, but he's actively trying to just live as calmly as possible to prevent that part of him from being taken out. Now, at this point, he's uh, walking past some newspapers and what he's seeing is that, you know, all those mysterious deaths from the other night, they're being reported by Jackie McGee. So he knows that somebody's on to him. Now he's going over to some bar and, uh, you know... Some folks, some locals are talking about some of the stuff going on with the mayor and other things. And what you see is that uh, people are starting to talk about the deaths and people are actually starting to wonder, like, what? How could all those people just randomly die, especially after the gas station robbery in town a little bit sooner? And, um, you know, at this point. um, uh, They're they're talking about the kid, Thomas, and ironically, um, you know, they people do know him and stuff. So, uh, at this point, uh, where was I? Oh yeah. Now, now he's at the bar asking some, asking some, yeah, questions. he's asking some questions. Um, oh, so at this point they're, they're talking about this kid, uh, name, uh, fry they're talking about him and what this uh, one female bartender is like, is like, oh, Del Fry, prom king, star quarterback. I mean, basically, he was the college team. Hang on, I've got photos somewhere. And, and you see this uh, this kid. And he just took his COVID vaccine. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many politics <laughs> in this show. Uh, ba- basically, what they're talking about is that this this, lo- this local kid who was super healthy and popular and everything, he died of an embolism, of all things. That's not just what kids you know, die of. And what they basically um, start talking about is the fact that he died from some type of medical treatment. It was a radiation treatment. So at that point, you know, it's still following the experimental. It's still following that Incredible Hulk Bill Bixby theme of him wandering into places kind of like David Carradine and Kung Fu solving mysteries hearing about
1: what's going on in that town and then investigating it and when he finds it and then the shit goes down is when the Savage Hulk comes out.
2: Yeah. So basically he's going into town and what he realizes that now we realize that banners going to places to investigate something we don't know what it is yet so he goes into town he goes to the local cemetery and he goes to the fry boy's grave and what he realizes uh, is um he can recognize something about the radiation um in the soil exuding from the grave he realizes that something is uh is really, really wrong. So he goes to a payphone, like those things still exist, and he's calling somebody. He's calling um, the EPA, and he's like, gamma radiation emitting from that grave. Anyone visiting here is in danger. Acute radiation syndrome. It it looked like the flu at first, food poisoning, but then the white blood cells die off. Your immune system shuts down. It's called the walking ghost phase. No, I, I don't have the exact readings. I told you I can't give my name. And uh, then he starts screaming because the EPA is like, well, you're calling from a payphone. You're not telling us anything. This is kind of weird. And He just starts screaming. He's like, fine, fine. You want my name? My name is Robert Bruce Banner. Don't make me angry. And uh, it's just it's just wild. So the, um, what we see is that he's he, he's running as fast away as possible because now he's just kind of outed himself and uh, he, he's running into a cave. And this is where he's uh, he's going to try and stay the night. But there's something wrong. There's something off about this. I think cave. he's up there because he saw he saw that from. afar. Oh, yeah, yeah. The green light. yeah, 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 yeah. So basically he sees this green light coming from a cave as if we're not getting more universal horror right here. So he's crawling up. And what does he see? he sees a bunch of like radioactive dying people. And some of them are like, you know, like, I I can't tell if like, they they look like they look like they've had their souls drained, but they're glowing green. It's just really, really screwed up. So at this point we hear somebody you know, he, he's got a green word bubble. So, you know, it's really scary at this point. He's like, I'm sorry. And Bruce Banner's like, Dr. Fry, I presume. I'm so sorry, but I can't let anyone find me. So now what we basically see is Dr. Fry, um, the kid's father who was dealing with the radioactive treatments and stuff like that. He basically kind of looks like the radioactive man if the radioactive man was like severely anemic. Let's put it that way. And he lunges towards Banner and he's trying to uh, choke him out and, kill him and the entire time he's just like i'm sorry i'm so sorry because this isn't that it's not that he wants to kill him it's just that he kind of has to because he doesn't want anyone to know where he is and you know he's not he obviously he's not a villain because villains don't apologize when they're killing you but uh what dr fry doesn't realize is that he's not just dealing with some joe Schmo off the block suddenly banner turns into the Hulk and the Hulk is just like dealing with him and at this point. Um, you know, Dr. Fry looks up and he's like, Oh God, you're, you're him. You're Dr. Banner. And, and I love how they kind of talk because it's going back to that older universal horror style of dialogue where it's very formal, where it's very to the point. It's not like this kind of gimmicky comedy dialogue that we're seeing in a lot of the Marvel films and in some of the comics recently. And, uh, to, to add to that, we actually see him curse for once. I never saw this in a Hulk comic. The Hulk is like, are you trying to piss me off? Your kid, what was his name? Dell? It started with him, didn't it? Don't lie to me, Fry. I can smell a liar. And at this point, you see Fry is just freaking out. He's like, "I I was afraid of death. It's strange, I never really thought about death until Claire died, my wife. I thought about it, where she might be, the afterlife, I'd been taught to accept, and I couldn't imagine it, I just couldn't. And then I began to think about it, death re- what death really was, the unimaginable absence, a total cessation of being, all the joys of touch and taste and smell and thought, even the memory of thought gone utterly. It was like staring into a terrifying abyss. And my son, my perfect son, he was at the edge of the abyss as well. Condemned to nothing. I threw myself into my work based on your work. And what you see is you actually see a Well, I don't think that's a photo banner. Forget what I was about to say. Anyway, we're seeing all these flashbacks of Dr. Fry dealing with his loss and everything else. He's like, everyone saw you as a cautionary tale, not to me. You were a promise of hope. A man death could not claim. I made some minor improvements to the conventional cancer treatments. That was good, useful work. It paid the bills, but the real work. I kept to myself. And what you basically see him is that he's injecting himself with his own experimental radiation. Uh, human testing began with me and it went perfectly a month after the initial injection. I felt 10 years younger with gamma powered healing factor, and no side effects. And then the Hulk looks at him and he's like, so then you gave some to your son. And he admits to it. He's like, I had to, he was going pro and the injuries you get from to. playing football, the concussions, the brain damage. I couldn't wait. And you see the kid basically arguing with his dad. He's like, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on, Dad. I wait, what I'm feeling dizzy. Like I I I, I can see something. And what you see is you see Professor Fry, he's looking at his son, and his son starts his eyes start glowing green, and then he's he starts like tearing up green blood and he says something which will matter later. He sees I can see a door, a, a green door, and there's someone looking through it. And then he starts like puking blood like this is as gory as it gets right now. And he's like, it's it's below us. Uh oh, I see below everything. And then he passes out and basically is just in a puddle of his own green blood and uh, Professor uh, Dr. Fry is like, but he was already dead in seconds. I'd killed him. As I'd seen a random tragedy, I burned the serum, destroyed my notes. Nobody suspected. I didn't have the courage to confess. I couldn't talk to anyone, couldn't look at anyone, couldn't leave the house. So when the changes started, I was the only one who saw. And basically, we see that his own experimentation was deteriorating his body, making him look like this ghoulish creature. So at this point, the Hulk is just like, yeah, whatever. You got to go down, man, because you're killing people around you. And uh, luckily, I guess the EPA decided to send somebody to a cemetery because they sent some buses out there and they've got their hazmat suits on and everything else. So the Hulk finally looks at Fry. He's like a chain of grief. How many, Dr. Fry, how many, obviously people, how many people died because you were scared? So at this point, Dr. Fry is like, please, I I made mistakes, but I don't want to die. And uh, the Hulk is like, is that so? Well, you made your bed, Fry. Time to lie in it. And um, at this point, what the Hulk does is he knocks him out. But then what he does is he buries Fry alive, under the mountain that he was hiding in. As he wakes up, he's like, oh, God, no, no. And what's crazier is that when you look at his body, you see that the Hulk took off his arms and his legs. So he's just like, oh, God, oh, God, no, no, not this, please. I don't want this, the abyss, the nothing. It'd be better than this. Death is better, please. And eventually... um. What we see in the final page is that when they go to the grave of Del Fry, they open it up to see where the radioactivity is coming from. And Del is freaking alive like his father. Yep, glowing green. And the issue ends just like that.
1: Whew, man, if we thought the Devil Hulk treated Tommy poorly. Tommy should be really thankful that all he got wasn't, you know, a week in the hospital or whatever it was, a broken bones and bruises. This guy had his freaking arms ripped off and just has to live out a life as this radioactive freak buried where no one will ever find him in this. I mean, that is, this is horror shit. This is, this is monster-type stuff. Like, So this Hulk has a moral compass in terms of who to go after, but when he goes after them, he seems to just try to do the most cruel thing outside of death, which, as this guy says, as Dr. Fry is yelling, like, no, death would be better. Please, just let me die, which the Hulk will not do. He's going to leave him armless and legless radioactive freak buried for the rest of eternity, I guess, because
2: <laughs> he can't die. Have we ever seen the Hulk, like, tear someone's arms off and stuff like that like people are like oh no hulk don't tear off his arms don't do this like we're always uh, yeah, we always assume we about to do these things. yeah like we but, always know that yeah. he that we can assume he could do that but he done did it
1: indeed all righty well we're gonna move right, right along here to the immortal hulk issue number three and if it seems like i'm talking slow it's because it's taking me a minute to pull it up on my marvel universe app here it is okay do, 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 do. oh i was Mortal doing the hulk mash
2: theme issue. song for a second dun, dun, nah, nah, dun, dun, nah, 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 this cover's nah, really cool nah. too
1: it shows um I, I don't believe this cover is by joe bennett either um, but it shows uh just the hulk with a giant hole through him at, at having been shot by someone uh so it's, it's kind of a cool cover if
2: you look closely you could see the hulk like leaning down looking through the hole
1: Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, I just realized that for the the first time. Oh, my God, I see that. Yeah, yeah, space is looking down back through the hole. Wow, that's crazy. The covers are awesome on these. Just awesome. We do start with another quote, this one from John Milton from Paradise Lost. And in the lowest, deep, a lower deep, still threatening to devour me, opens wide. These quotes are not random. They are all very relevant to the series and the, the issues in which they appear. We're in South Dakota. Jackie McGee is on the case. She's talking to someone she's saying, I'm a reporter for the Arizona Hot Herald. Hot female he reporter, phone. lady. Hot female reporter. She's like, look, uh, first things all, thanks for agreeing to see me. I don't know if any other reporters have spoken to you after the events on Mercer Avenue, but from what I've gathered, you were an eyewitness for at least one piece of the puzzle. You were there, and I'd like to hear it from your point of view. So she's talking to this cop, and now we go into this, like old school sort of like 70s type art style, which I really I really love how they do this. I don't know why they do it, but it's awesome. I really, really love this uh, this like brief change in the art and uh yeah they're saying that there was a there was i guess there's this church on mercer avenue there was a hostage situation there was this guy there this juvenile d- delinquent who had caught a dose of gamma rays that made him something more than human and he's holding these people up he's saying you will <laughs> you will you will uh what is he saying you'll see my hands all right the hands of hot shot the human ah. ray gun <laughs> pew 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 and he's shooting these little rays these little gamma rays uh out of his uh out of his hands the the cop is like blue blazes my sidearm so i love how they're even having the cops talking like you know 60s 70s style you know cop speak and boy howdy he knew how to use it we needed the call to go to go forth pilgrim we needed a hero to assemble and blue blazes we sure got one uh, then we see this other different kind of art style as she's interviewing. So each person she interviews, they have like a different kind of art style. So I, I think they did bring in various artists for these different panels because there's a bunch of creators listed on the front. So I don't know which is which, but uh, there this is not Joe Bennett when we go to these different art styles. This art style almost reminds me of like almost looks like like Beavis and ButtHead type art. <laughs> um, I, I, re- I really enjoy the,
2: the different changes in art. Oh, it's like the slack jaws and the and, yeah, yeah. and like the sunken eyes and stuff. Yeah.
1: But yeah, we see this bartender, this guy, I believe this is Bruce Banner. Yeah, he's saying, can I use the restroom, please? And his clothes didn't even fit him. They looked like someone died in them. He looked like a real, like a serial killer. I mean, he was at least going to shoot up in there, right? Anyway, things got pretty heated. And then his you see this guy's eyes light up for a second. He's like, I guess looking back, I dodged a bullet. Anyway, and then Bruce just says, eh? Uh, so basically he was about to Hulk out on this guy, but, but kind of stopped because he saw this thing on the news. He saw this thing about Mercer Avenue that was going on here. And he says, the next thing I know he's, he's lunging toward this couple eating, grabs a knife off the bar. And obviously I'm like, Whoa, but he just runs out the door. I mean, obviously I, I didn't know who he was. Then we go to this old lady, yet another type of art style here. This old lady saying, I didn't know. I didn't know the young man. He was so handsome, though. It's such a tragedy. I remember thinking he looked like James Dean, such a nice young man. I was a Deaniac when I was a girl. Please, 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 father. I need your help. This is the now we're showing this like green looking kid here, this teenager guy. He's like, my girl, Jess, I love her father more than I can say, but she's dying. We we need the last rites, the last rights. And this lady's saying something like that. My hearing w- isn't what it was, I'm afraid. I never believed in that stuff before. None of it. But now, now all I want to know. now all I want is to know her immortal. This is the kid talking again. Know her immortal soul is saved. Will you help me, father? And this father's like, no, son, you broke in during a service (laughs) like you've taken hostages. I'm sure the police will understand if you just they'll never understand. Father, nobody understands. Nobody in the whole damn world. Nobody understands love and this old, old lady's like he really did look like james <laughs> G- dean then we go to this priest where we got yet another art style which is more of like a dark gritty art style and then the priest is describing he says and now now this is more of the style of like a horror movie and he's saying he looked like something from a horror movie <laughs> he was his skin was green like uh and greasy like he hadn't slept in days and there was this smell coming from him like like urine and cobwebs i mean th- this description is just man and this guy says the devil father the devil's in her And this is the kid again, the same kid again, who's all green saying, or something like the devil, something underneath below everything. You're not listening. The one below, it got into her somehow. We need an exorcism. She needs one. See, there's this, this door to the below place, like a green door. And that priest just saying, he was insane. He was insane. This kid's like, why won't you listen to me? And his eyes light up, man, the art here is so fucking cool. And as he's screaming, who busts through the top of the ceiling of this, this poor priest, man. His church, his beautiful stained glass windows have been destroyed as this hulk bursts through. Then we go back to the old lady and that different art. I, I really enjoy different art styles in books when, when books tend to experiment with that.
2: Well, real fast, I want to mention when, when the hulk busts through the stained glass, we go back to the panel of the priest. And he says something which just really, I think, doubles down on the theme of where the story's <laughs> going. I don't think yes. it was sent by God.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, yeah, we go back to this lady describing it. And I, I like how the different people describing them changes the look because they're seeing it differently. So like it, this is much like cleaner, nicer, like like an old lady having a weird dream art. Uh, she's like, oh, it was horrible. Such a handsome young man all alone against that that thing. And he's saying, stay back. My girl needs me. I'm begging you. That monster. As we see the Hulk's hands reach down and grab this guy's fingers and just breaks his freaking hands that he was using for his laser beams. We head back to the cop to finish the story up. The kid is crying. My hands, they're broken. Hulk is saying, you won't use that gamma blast again, hotshot, no matter what the courts decide. And then, or so he thought. Now this kid says, you think you can stop, stop my gamma power. That's an error. You dull witted brute, your final error. As he shoots gamma rays at the Hulk and blasts a hole through the Hulk. The priest is now, we are now back in this creepy horror art as the priest is describing what happened. He's saying, I saw it all the hole in his chest, the pulped torn remains of skin and bone arteries and organs, a charnel house open to the world. We waited for him to fall instead. And we see that the hole in the Hulk is just healing right up. he has, he has healing powers that are faster than wolverines now the look on his face while it happened that's what i can't forget the boy said i was said what i was thinking and the boy screams it's you you're the shadow the one below all you're the devil himself (coughs) now we go to the cop who's repeating the devil himself know what the big guy said to that and we see the hulk says you're damned right as he punches this kid nuff said he went out the way he came in didn't say to be thanked modest you know anyway when lembert woke up he had him we had him in cuffs special ones and then oh yeah this next part ain't so fun we go back to the the priest where we get all the scary stuff the boy had been staying in a motel on the edge of town i went there with the cops i don't know why something in his voice i suppose i had to know so I saw the body. She was smiling at us when we went in. It was a peaceful smile. And they come across across this body of this woman who is all green. Her head has been turned around. And it, on the wall, it says in green, green door. That's some Linda green Blair door. shit. Yeah, really. Green door. I, I couldn't. So basically, this guy's girlfriend became gamma radiated. And so did he. And she went all crazy exorcist to the point that her head was turned around. And then he had tied her up uh, because she was possessed by something. Uh, green door. I couldn't... I wasn't able to... haven't been able to pray, Miss McGee. Not since that day. What does that mean? And then we go back to the old lady. Jess Harrison. She had a super person name as well. I don't know. So this is some kind of hero, I think, but I'm not sure who it is. They don't... I guess we're supposed to know. I don't... You probably don't yeah. know who this is because...
2: Anyway, just assume there are a bunch of people in the marvel universe who are not c-list d-list or e-list they're like z-list
1: so this lady is uh now in jail visiting this kid because she's he's so handsome and and james deeney here and uh yeah she's just talking to this this kid in the prison and go back to the bartender he's telling more of the story how he came comes out of his bar and sees a car totally smashed um and uh we finally go back to uh, jackie mcgee who is typing up her latest story mercer avenue hulk sighting unconfirmed says the experts um, and then her phone rings from an unknown number she says he says they say Jacqueline mcgee from the arizona herald she says how do you get this number we head to vancouver canada he where we get the other person on the other end of the line he says your editor gave it to me when i dropped by my when i dropped my name turns out he's a packers fan Walter Langowski. It's Walter Langowski, (laughs) who we just met two weeks ago on our Omega Flight episode. Walter Langowski, a.k.a. The Sasquatch. Now... You gave us the Sasquatch's origin last episode. So we, we end up basically as the Sasquatch is uh, talking to Jackie McGee here. And he's saying, you know, um, you know, I, I, look, I should get to the point. It's like this, Miss McGee. I've been reading your articles and you seem to be the only one actively pursuing looking for Bruce Banner right now. Well, apart from me, that is why. Well, he's an old college buddy of mine. I want to know he's OK. And if we're being totally honest, I could use his particular expertise. Right. Exactly. There's there's something I want him to look at as Walter Langowski. Looks in the mirror and sees a very devilish, interestingly enough, a very devilish looking version of the Sasquatch staring right back at him as we wrap up issue three. Remzo, thoughts and you can take us into issue four.
2: Uh, First off, I I love the juxtaposition in the art styles. I love it when they do these type of perspective shows. Uh, One of my favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series was called Legends of the Dark Knight or Legends of the Bat, or something, where basically these three teenagers are giving three different accounts of things that they've seen Batman do. And during that, we actually see kind of like uh, an homage to the three eras of Batman prior to that, like the Adam West Batman, the Dark Knight Returns Batman, and then our modern Batman. So that type of storytelling, to see it here, and not just the way that you know, everyone's talking and how the pace of the story goes, but also see the different art styles. I I thought it was, it was a good break. And I mean, this is just a great standalone issue. I think each issue has been a great standalone. It's building up kind of like that, you know, Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk anthology, but this one was just done so perfectly. I love it. Indeed. We are on to issue four. We see uh, another great Alex Ross cover of the Hulk tossing some vehicles as he's running through town. We start with another one. Now, Mark, you should know this guy, Jean-Paul Sartier, saying, one always dies too soon or too late. Jean-Paul Sartier and no exit. Now, we're back in South. I don't know that guy. I'll admit it right here, live. I, have no idea I don't know. This. Young, you gotta learn. JP Sartier.
1: Yeah, we each have homework. We each have homework. I'll read some. Some start. Some Sartre. Is it pronounced Sartre? I've, I've always
2: screwed it up. Th- <laughs> okay, so See, parents, comics are educational. Um, So we see uh, uh, Jackie McGee at a South Dakota airport. And she's like, seriously, I'm at the airport, Murray. The man's plane just hit the tarmac. It's a little late to haggle my expenses. Come on, Murray. I told you why we broke the story. And at this point, you know, she's she's trying to basically convince her editor to allow her to keep chasing this lead. But he's like, this is getting too much. Uh, This is getting way too much expensive. We got other stuff to do. And she's like, listen, we're dealing with government conspiracies and a possible dead guy and the Hulk and all this other stuff. We got to keep going. So at, at this point, um, what we see is Walter Langowski has shown up at the airport and Jackie is going to go ahead and pick him up. So he finally walks over. He's like, hi, I'm Walter. I'm Walter Langowski or Sasquatch, if you'd rather uh, Canada's own hairy half a Hulk turned space diplomat and Bruce Banner's college roommate. By the way, so Alpha Flight comes back. I know it's funny because we we killed Alpha Flight and then we did Omega Flight. Long story short, they There's
1: many different. Flights. They
2: did another yeah. Alpha Flight, but instead of just redoing it, what they did was they made them space heroes. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. So
1: so then Captain Marvel was part of that too. Yeah. Which.
2: Only lasted like a little bit. And
1: then later in this series, they morph into Gamma Flight, interestingly enough. Yeah. As their new mission comes around and it becomes centered around like, you know, chasing Gamma shit, basically.
2: Big takeaway? Omega Flight don't matter anymore. <laughs>
1: no, it never did. And it never will.
2: So we see uh, Jackie and Walter driving into Minnesota and she's wondering how they actually met. So he goes ahead and uh starts talking about their time at Penn State University where you graduated from.
1: Indeed. My alma mater. I never realized Bruce went there for a semester. They didn't talk about that in the the, bro- bro- the brochures.
2: That should be something. I mean I mean instead of the Nittany Lions, it could be like the the Penn State Hulks. The Nittany Hulks. The Nittany Hulks. The Gamma Lions. There you go. The Green Devils. So uh basically they're talking about the uh the, the lab facilities and the, the Gamma facilities that Penn State apparently was known for. And uh, Walter was there on a football scholarship. And, oh, by the way, while he mentions the Packers in the last issue, Walter was a football player before he got into full-time science, and he was actually part of the Green Bay Packers. So... There's yes. that, but uh, anyway, uh, they end up being roommates and everything. And at this point, you see a flashback where a young Bruce Banner is like, "For pity's sake, Langowski, you can't just pick up advanced gamma theory. This isn't learning the. Uh, this isn't learning the Osariana." The Osarina in five easy steps. I don't know what that is. And Walter, surrounded by some some chick and some hippie dude, is like, well, we're all here to learn, aren't we, Bruce? Didn't Thoreau say? And Bruce is like, you're not Thoreau, Walter. You're a jock, a half smart jock, a jock with ambitions. But a jock is what you are. Everyone already fawns over you carrying a ball around. You want them to love you for your mind, too? Well, tough. You get the football. This is mine. Mine. And it's just like, damn, Bruce. Little little insecure. And Jackie is like, wow, he just like went off like that. And Walter's like. And, and this
1: does show that like Bruce, Bruce has had this anger in him, as we'll see throughout the series where it really comes from, because they really go deep, deep on his uh, on his past. But this, it shows this anger was in him. Pre-Hulk, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's just, it, it, it's just, what I like about this is that it's showing you the hero from everyone's perspective, not just from the perspective of the hero the writer wants you to show. I like nice. that uh so walter's like yeah once or twice a few times but look his mother was dead his dad was in an institution he was holding a lot in he was usually pretty fun to be around and we see another flashback where walter's like you gave all your clothes to goodwill and bruce is like i bought 10 identical suits like einstein i'll never have to worry about what to wear again and walter throwing thoreau around it's like well thoreau did talk about simplifying life but purple and this is where we see the introduction of the classic purple jeans i love that they retcon
1: a rationale for the purple pants i love it i absolutely love this
2: it it, it just it, it's so it, it, i don't want to say it's stupid but it's just so clever and funny i i like it and, uh, Walter's, like, it was probably stupid that he wore purple,
1: purple pants all the time in the first place, but that's the history of the Hulk. So let's make it make sense in, in the context of this. And I, I love how
2: that is. Yeah. Walter's like purple and Bruce is like, it's called style, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I love how he's like, uh, yeah, I've, I've
1: been studying the current trends. If anything, this will only become more uh, fashionable.
2: <laughs> so, you
1: know, Bruce may be good with the radiation studying, but maybe not so much of the fashion.
2: Yeah. So, so at this point, um, You know, years pass and now we see Walter watching the news when the Hulk kind of like first popped up on the scene and everything. At this point, you know, he realizes through his gamma research, which, which he continued, that it was time to get involved with stuff. So now we get to see him become a super-powered Canadian. So then he goes, "I then I got serious after seeing Bruce become the Hulk. Uh, long story short, I quit football and made it my mission to duplicate what happened to Bruce. And at the cost of my fortune, and with the funding and encouragement from Department H, the Canadian superhero monitoring agency we went ahead and did it and by the way so you see this machine that um that walter is in in this panel and this is why you have to go and read this this issue folks well all these issues mark does that machine look familiar at all um help me here that is the bill bixby gamma machine That Bill Bixby. So it's at the beginning. I I love the title sequence for the Incredible Hulk. Instead of a gamma bomb, what happens is David Banner, as he was called in the show, builds a machine, and this is what. Why? Because Dan Lee thought Bruce sounded too gay.
1: do you yes. we, I think we discussed this in back in issue episode issue. 4 Damn, or something
2: episode 5 yeah episode 4 it's or 5 it's like Bruce that's too gay let's make him David
1: Bruce <laughs> what kind of fairy this? name Bruce let's call him David that's a man's name actually I don't think it was Stan it, I think it was, it was actually one... Stan, Stan invented the name yeah. it was the, the executives of uh, CBS or whatever
2: it was. yeah it was the producer there oh and by the way this isn't just something that's an homage to the um, Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk show if you remember in the opening sequence of the Incredible Hulk which was also, a film based on that Bixby TV show, uh, Edward Norton becomes the Hulk through this machine as well. So that's actually yeah. MCU canon. Yeah. So yeah. you know because it's contrasting and because they're homaging all these things, what they do is they retcon Walter's origin to make it so that he got it from this machine, and then that's when he's like it, it turned him into the Sasquatch, and Jackie's like, well, that's that's a trip. And um, at one point, she's, um, you know, uh, Walter was like, have you ever been hit by a gamma bomb, Jackie? And Jackie starts having these um, these flashbacks. And now we understand why Jackie is so obsessed with the Hulk. We see that at some point when she was a child, um, the Hulk basically, whether he was fighting a villain or whatever, basically, like, blew up her neighborhood. And you see her yeah. father holding her, and he's like, don't don't look him in the eye! And Jackie, as a small child, is looking at the Hulk from a distance.
1: Dumbest thing to tell a kid, because you tell a kid, don't do do not look at this! What are they gonna do? They're gonna look at the
2: Yeah, and, and what's <laughs> creepy is, like, we've been talking about the Hulk's eyes this series, like, you can tell a lot through it. We see just a close-up of the Hulk staring back at the little girl.
0: So cool. Yeah. That's scary.
2: So uh, now what we see is that um, he's explaining kind of, like, the difference is between uh Sasquatch and the Hulk and Uh, you know, that that's basically it. So basically what's been happening recently, his
1: his rationale here is interesting. They basically said, like, oh, I was a jock. You know, I worked out. I was twice as strong as Bruce. So my thinking went my Hulk could counter his create a deterrent for for Canada. So like basically because he's like, you know, he's he's Canadian and he ended up working with the Canadian government who did who funded this. And uh, but the theory was, well, I'm not insane like Bruce. I don't have all this anger issues. I'm much bigger and stronger. So I'll be bigger and stronger and I'll be able to control it better was the theory here.
2: Yeah, and what's been happening to uh, Sasquatch is that he's been noticing some things have been changing, and one of them has been this quote kind of door, a green door between this world and a darker one, a world of beasts and demons.
1: This is actually going back to his origins. This is actually a, a retcon of Walter origins. Oh, you're origins right. As well. I, I
2: I ignored yeah. that one panel where they're discussing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're still he's still in his own flashback describing when he first became Sasquatch, and I, I think. I think this was canon that it was like a uh, this kind of entity called Tanarak before. I think that was already canon. But what wasn't canon was the idea that this green door opened and he saw the green door and it was through this green door that that spirit one of the old beasts of the north called tanarac which is basically a giant sasquatch uh inhabited his body which turned him into sasquatch um but tanarac has been dead i guess this this original entity that that um that inhabited this body so now it's just walter langowski in chart that runs this body that can turn into sasquatch essentially
2: Yeah, so now we're at the scene of uh, another incident that relates to the Hulk. So Jackie and Walter are definitely on the right trail. Uh, now what we see is that the reason why they went into Minnesota is because they've been following that trail, as I mentioned earlier. They're back at the bar from issue two, and you're spe- and they're speaking to some of the locals who had met Bruce. So they went out, go ahead and show him a photo, and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He asked for pop, and he was kind of asking all kind of questions about Noah Swanson. And uh, Jackie's like, yeah, the police told me a big meth dealer, wasn't he? It's his van with the cars mashed into the, into Garland Street. And the bartender's like, oh, yeah, you betcha. I said to him, oh, geez, I said, oh, you don't want to go asking too many questions around there, fella. So at that point, they realize that, you know, the whole thing is uh is basically they they're on the right lead but what ends up happening is they see this bar fight break out and these guys are are losing their shit so walter being a courageous dude tries to get between them and stop all the fighting and everything and at one point one of the dudes stabs walter in the Back, so Walter is just down, and I mean, it's it, he—he's—he's he's dead, dead, and everyone's just like, "Oh God, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to." And the other dude who he was fighting it was like, "You, you killed him. We gotta go, man." So at this point, um, you know, Jackie runs over and she's like, "Walter, oh there's a posse still alive. Call an ambulance." So, so they're rushing him out there. And um, at this point, you know, they're they got him in surgery. They're trying to see what they could do about it. The cops are there questioning Jackie, like, what happened? What's going on? Why does this guy get stabbed? And then suddenly this dude comes over and um, uh, sits next to Jackie. And next thing you know, she's finally like trying to catch her breath and breathe. This dude whose face we don't see. He's like, huh, good timing, then." And then she looks over and realizes that he's uh, he's Bruce Banner. And um, at this point, he's like, here I am. What happened to Langowski?" And she's freaking out. She's like, he's, he's in surgery. He was stabbed while, uh, while we were looking for you. I'm sorry, what what, what are you doing here? And he's like, i ah, just following a hunch. All humans emit radiation, simple biophotons, bio mostly barely measurable. But the gamma affected. We have a very unique signature. And Walters is just like mine. And she's like, you can sense that? And he's like, not me. He can. So what ends up happening is uh, Walter is in surgery and he dies. But here's the freaky part. As we zoom in on his face in the last panel, we see him going from man to Sasquatch. And now like something out of um, a freaking... uh, Sam Raimi like you know evil dead type of situation Walter's just like viciously transforming and now every, all the doctors turn around and they look at him and he's he looks not like the sasquatch he looks like that more evil demonic sasquatch we saw at the end of the last issue and he's just like ah oh, quite the reverse and that ends this issue issue 4 Mark a lot has happened in just the last couple pages. One, what did you think about the retcon to Walter? You, you, you were able to correct me in time that this is actually changing a lot more. It's adding more to him not just being a super-powered Canadian guy, but he's actually more tied to what's going on. It has to have this green door. And then finally, the fact that not only is the Hulk immortal, but somehow Walter's alive and creepy looking, much like the immortal Hulk.
1: Right. This could almost retroactively, I just thought of this, but could also because we never got an explanation in that omega flight book where alpha flight had been killed and then walter langowski was just seen alive i don't think they're thinking about omega flight
2: when they're writing this i think a lot of people think about omega flight
1: but in my head canon i can retcon this as oh yeah gamma creatures can't die they're immortal they all come back like this uh but yeah i I thought it was really cool and it's showing us that it is not just bruce here that is now immortal it's not just a mortal hulk we got a mortal sasquatch which makes you think shit maybe we got a mortal she-hulk which actually becomes a book that that uh, uh, you know, immortal, everybody who's, who has gamma stuff, which it seems to be the case here. So it's really crazy. And I, I really do like the retcon. I, what I, when I appreciate a retcon, it's when they don't just scrap the whole thing and make it totally different. It's when they take what we already know and they just add a little piece to it that, that you can see, Oh, we just didn't hear this piece before, but it doesn't necessarily scrap what we already know about the character. And that's what they did here with Walter Langowski. Uh, they, they give him basically the same origin that the Canadian government did this gamma thing to touch intentionally. And he turned into a Sasquatch. Um, Um, but now they add this element of the green door so it's like this green door thing whatever it is uh is a portal that connects something to something and that something isn't necessarily good in this case that something was this like this creature tanarac uh but you know we're still learning Uh, we're still learning exactly what the green door is uh and we'll learn more as we go in to issue number five of the immortal hulk again I should have used the last few seconds to cue up the issue, but instead I'm going to start talking slower until I get it up. Um, Another cover here. Is this another Alex Ross one? I don't know. I don't think it's Alex Ross, but it's another cool cover showing the Hulk battling, battling Sasquatch. I will say that. Um, Moving in, we got yet another quote, this one from Robert Louis Stevenson from his book, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I don't think I need to explain how appropriate uh, this, this reference is. He says, my devil had been long caged. He came out roaring. So we go and we see before a flashback of sorts to the Alpha Flight Space Station, where we see Sasquatch talking to Captain Marvel, who I guess is the in charge of Alpha, Alpha Flight in this flashback anyway. He says, well, what is this, Captain? Like a performance review, an intervention? And she says, well, we're just concerned, Walter. That's all. You do good work with Alpha Flight. And I know you haven't, you have since long, I have known you. This is a typo. And I know you have since long before. Yeah, this is a typo. She says, and I know you have since long before. Oh, never mind. It's not a typo. It's a brain typo she says you do good work for alpha flight and i know you have since long man why can't i say this sentence it's very simple i know you have since long before i led the operation thank you very much mark but lately you've been much more and we see a flashback to- a flash forward now to sasquatch fighting the hulk she says you've been more aggressive in the field and you've got a history when it comes to you know losing control he says look carol come on Tannarak is long dead i'm not possessed by anything this is me in here there's been a lot of in there lately, huh? We've been in up a year, a year now, and every day I see a lot of Sasquatch, but we never see Walter Langowski at all. Why is that? So let me see the Sasquatch standing in front of him Because Aaron Rodgers
2: like, made the Packers not that great anymore.
1: <laughs> he says, fine, you want Walter? I can, come on, I can be Walter. And it seems like he's really putting some effort in to turn into Walter here. He's like, phew, that was... Oh, yeah, that was tougher than it used to be. I should probably talk to someone. And he looks and sees this devil Sasquatch in the mirror. And he says, I think he wants out. And then we go to Bruce paralleling the scene. Bruce is looking in a mirror and seeing that devil Hulk is now in Minnesota. He says, which probably isn't a good sign. Continuing his sentence, he probably wants out. Okay, you evacuate the hospital. I'll deal with Langowski or whatever he's become. And now Bruce is kind of calmly walking through the hospital um, as everyone's just running out, screaming. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? There's a monster in there. There's a monster in there. And Bruce quietly walks in and sees the sca- Sasquatch eating someone. He, the Sasquatch is fucking eating someone as we see a couple bodies and uh, uh, on the ground and uh, Bruce says, hello, Walter. Can we talk? And Walter turns around. Sasquatch turns around with these red eyes and says, I'm not Walter. This is how I envision this voice. I'd rather talk to the real you. That's a terrible... I'm not going to use that voice. Uh, it hurts to die, doesn't it, Bruce? And Sasquatch just... Kills Bruce Banner. <laughs> <just> slices him <laughs> in the throat. Bruce, Bruce is like Kenny in this series. Like, Bruce dies a lot. Oh, my God. But, they uh, killed Bruce he did this and then Bruce says, ah, always, always hurts. And then he says, and when, and then t- as he turns into the Hulk, his eyes turn green and, and says, and when you hurt banner, I take it personal. And now we have the Hulk, the devil Hulk is out battling the devil Sasquatch. He says, so you're not Langowski. This devil Hulk is, is highly intelligent. He may not be professor Hulk scientist levels of intelligent, but he's, he's probably the second most intelligent version of the Hulk. We'd seen. I would, we've seen, I would say he says, so you're not Langowski that fits Langowski's a creep, little smug. I know, Always was, but he never had three murders in him. So you're something else, aren't you? See, nobody's ever loved Walt for his mind. They only ever want the jock. So he only feels needed when he's furry, and he stays that way for months, getting warm. This thing says very clever, clever little monster, ah! And then slices at the Hulk with his scary Sasquatch. No, he just he basically sticks his fingers into the Hulk. Hulk says Langowski stayed a Sasquatch too long, which left a door open, and you got in in through the green door so the hulk is aware of the green door you got into hot shots girlfriend too right what was that all about you wanted my attention what are you tanarac mephisto <laughs> mephisto we're always looking for mephisto whether it's in D- disney plus shows or in the immortal hulk where's mephisto is he behind this he's never there when you want him there and he says who's in there and he says see for yourself little monster behind you it's behind you give me any and, he, and hulk turns around and sees in the mirror he sees himself who is grabbing the sasquatch? But in the mirror, he doesn't see the sasquatch. He sees this guy, this guy with a mustache. Now, I happen to know this guy. Not just any guy. This is Bruce Banner's dad. Dun, dun, Bruce Banner's dun. dad, who we will see in detail later in the series. Bruce Banner's dad killed Bruce Banner's mom and then went to a mental institution and was very bru- abusive to Bruce Banner. That's basically where all his anger issues come from, uh, from the abuse of this father. So now the Devil Hulk is seeing his father. So you're thinking, is this really Bruce Banner's dad that has inhabited this body? Or is this, is this Bruce Banner's projection of what he sees as the ultimate evil in his life of his father? And this scare, you can see, in the, again, the close, he, they did the eyes so well in this series. The close-up of, of these eyes of the Hulk, who no longer looks scary. He looks scared, frightened, and says, Daddy? <laughs> did I say, didn't I say? And then Sasquatch hits him, and we see a flashback to, to Bruce's dad hitting Bruce in the face. And Bruce's dad is saying, I, I, I've known what you would become since the beginning. So now Bruce is having flashbacks to all this abuse from his dad. I mean, this, this book gets deep. Yeah. And as uh, Bruce is having these flashbacks to his dad hitting him, uh, the Sasquatch is talking to him or Bruce's dad or the, uh, whatever this creature is. He's saying, I've always known that quick mind of his, uh, those brilliant intuitive leaps from the day he was born. And, and and hulk says no it was you always you the monster inside i wish i'd killed you in your crib it sounds like hell on earth Is this is people talking from outside now as hulk comes flying uh through a wall here and people are still evacuating they're like man this is like a jackie's like man this is like a dozen earthquakes shook at once they're going to knock this whole damn building down which you would think these two giant monsters uh, might end up doing and then we see the hulk and this hulk is now for the first time in this series this hulk looks frightened absolutely frightened he's saying it's not not you it can't be as this demonic uh, sasquatch t- says to him you can see ghosts you can smell lies you'd know if it weren't i am the father you killed bruce back through the green door back from death and, Br- and he's saying stay back stay F- feel that my claws you in your gut that's the proof who else could ever hurt you like this and he's screaming, and he's just screaming, ah, who else can make you the monster scared? And he says, no, never. And Br- and Hulk just kicks Sasquatch off him. He says, you're just a man, a twisted old man, who killed his wife, tried to kill his son. Make him wish. wish you had... You scare him. You scare Banner. You think that gives you power over me? Think it makes you some so important, so special? No, not special. Puny, puny human. And he just punches the Sasquatch, goes flying. He says, "You're nothing. Any power you have, someone gave you. Who? Who brought you back? Who opens the door? Tell me, or I'll smash you." And the Sasquatch talks back to him. Now he seems a little less demonic here. Well, not really. He's still possessed. It needs a host personality to... Oh, no, this is Walter. Yeah, that's why they changed the font. This is Walter kind of peeking through a little bit, and he's saying, it it needs a host personality to work in this world, to function. It burrows in. Where's our souls? Like masks on a stage. Help me. And and, 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 uh, Hulk is yelling, what does? Tell me. What's behind you? Now we go back to the demon voice, so Walter only got to peek out for a minute. He says, every light casts a shadow. In every mirror, there is a reflection. As above, so below. As that's this demonic Sasquatch sticks his giant nails through the Hulk's eyes and says take a good look my special boy you'll see a darker shadow than yours and and Hulk is just screaming like Sasquatch is really taking it to him now he's saying Gamma made Langowski your equal he just didn't know how to use it that's all do you do you understand what needs to be done I smell the sick and the weak I smell children how many how many do I have to and then he hears zzzz, and some idiot cop just tased this freaking giant demonic Sasquatch Smart move, thinking Paul gonna do something and he says okay that's one more as jackie mcgee is screaming no no and now she's going and he kills this cop slices this cop in half this demonic sasquatch and now he goes after jackie mcgee he says remember all this this is the monster's fault and bruce says gamma he got he grabs Sasquatch. says made langowski what he is it made you keeps your green door open doesn't it doesn't it and he's saying, well, I eat gamma as this Hulk basically sucks this power out, sucks this this creature of the of this gamma of all this gamma out of out of Walter Langowski, out of this demonic Sasquatch, pulls it all into him. And Walter turns back into into well, Walter into a naked Walter Langowski. Now the Hulk is talking gamma radiation. I absorb it. it, makes me stronger. He's talking to Jackie McGee who's there. Took all of the took all of his no more Sasquatch, no more dad or whatever that was. Jackie's like he's alive, you saved him. She says shut up McGee. You're with you're with a local paper, but you drove across how many states to find me and you couldn't even look at Banner. I noticed. Can't look at me now either. Whatever this is to you, whatever he owes you, it's personal. The truth. Now and now he's back to that scary looking devil Hulk. And she says, Well, I, I've still got a man's blood on me. Maybe, like, because I, because I wait a minute. When I was 15, you destroyed my home, my whole neighborhood. And they said, They said, never look you in the eye. But I did. I saw you that day and I have questions. And the Hulk pauses for a minute, still got that devil Frankenstein face on him. He says, All right, one question, but make it quick. She says, Fine. Well, here's, here's my quick question How do I do it? How? How do I get to be what you are? And he just looks at her like, like shocked. He, she, Damn, he just girl. Says, just, just go home mcgee go home now we get some more narration it says there are two people in every mirror as we see walter langowski coming coming to waking up and and jackie's talking to him she's like you happened you did this don't you remember sasquatch killed a man right in front of me i don't even know his name he, he says he's gone She says the hulk yeah he just no not the hulk sasquatch i could always feel him and now i can't he's gone where did he go and we cut to a shot of the Hulk, and the narration continues. There's the one you can see, and there's the other one. As the Hulk looks into the side of this Jeep and looks in the mirror, the one you don't want to. And in his own reflection, he sees that devilish bastard himself, his father looking right back at him as we wrap up Issue 5 and this first little run here on the Immortal Hulk, Remzo.
2: Let's do this thing. Why
1: don't you go right into your review?
2: Oh, man. I... Love this book more than many books and for it to be a Hulk title where they completely jumped genres from generic superhero sci-fi into the realm of horror. I love it. It's a great collaboration between a writer who knows what he's doing and a team of artists who know how to get it done. I'm giving both the art and the story fives if for a total score of 10. This is a great standalone. This is great for new and veteran readers. I mean, if if you love the Hulk, if you don't know much about the Hulk, if you wanted something new, it delivers that in such a great narrative. It brings back so much nostalgia from the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk era mixed with something new. And the art drives it home regardless as to whether they're doing those little vignettes like in that one issue or whether they're, they're doing something like this. I love the renditions of everyone. I love the way that the art carries the story. This deserves a 10.
1: Indeed. And I'm going to edit that. All right. Well, you know, I'm not going to build up the suspense here too much. And, you know, as luck, as much as I like to be a contrarian in many aspects of life, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to do that here today. I I am right there with you, man. Like I, I cannot find a flaw in this. So take the fact that this is already one of my favorite characters of all time. Take the fact that I love the horror genre additionally, and take the fact that we've wrapped all this up into a completely very original Hulk story. It's hard to do an original story about a character that's been around 30, 40 years, but Al Ewing does it here. Um, and on top of Al Ewing's Five art, which I'm gonna uh, five art, five writing, which I'm gonna give the five to Joe Bennett. As, as I mentioned at the beginning, his art is just so awesome here, and even when they switch to other artists to do like these different styles, that works. I, I mean, I, I can't think of a single flaw. I can't think of a single flaw in this entire, at least in these first five issues. So I have to give Joe Bennett's art a five. It's perfect. Al Ewing's writing a five. I'm giving this a ten too. This is a perfect spc twenty. remzo
2: we rarely give those out, especially if you listen to Very last rarely. week where we where, where we were different. Uh, pretty, pretty drastically on our scores. But, uh, I mean, this was, um, I have given this out to friends. I've given this out to patrons. I love this book as much as I rat on the current state of Marvel comics. This has been an amazing series.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Terrific series. And uh, it only gets better from here. And this has inspired me um, as I talked to you with Eric. I, I think I'm just going to go back through this whole run because I'm enjoying this even more. I'm enjoying this more the second time around. I mean, this is I, I notice so much more each time. Yeah, so much more details. And that that is the hallmark of a great book is that it's rereadable. Not only is it rereadable, but you enjoy it more with each subsequent reading. And as you see little little things, little things in the art, I mean, the eyes, that everything that Joe Bennett did with the eyes really stood out to me. Um, Man, it's just, this is perfect. I mean, as our score indicates. So there's not much else to say about it, Remzo. Uh, go read this. If you have not, go read it. It's on Marvel Unlimited. This is probably worth owning. Like I will probably buy a giant omnibus of this someday. Oh, yeah. This is an all time. It's a 50 issue series. So you can start this knowing there's a definitive end to it um so i mean i i can't recommend a series at least out of marvel in the last three years three four years this is my number one recommendation oh, yeah. out of out of recent marvel for sure not even close i
2: mean even the follow-ups to that would be like venom um by donny cates and thor by donny cates even this is like a good mile ahead of those i, I totally agree yeah those are very good this is all-time great well folks if you can't get enough of this and you want more The fun continues each and every week over at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. If you're thinking, ah, I want to read this book, but I want to listen to the boys some more. We've got uh, Mark covering the Ultimate Fantastic Four series. He started doing that. Yes. What Mark missed. And we're wrapping up with the last two episodes of Peacemaker. And um, yeah, so much more in between.
1: And we just wrapped our Boba Fett recaps with uh, Dan spot So there's a lot oh, going on. So much,
2: as always, for as little as just $5 a month. Patreon.com slash Second Print Pod. Mark, take us home. Well,
1: that's, that's really all I've got. So I will just continue to implore all our fans out there, all of SPC Nation, Nation, to continue on our mission. And that is, of course, to read comics and what, Remzo?
2: And change the world! Good night, America. Good night, Amanda. Adios. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>